for centuries, humans from all walks of life gathered around wooden tables and would graciously begin tapping their fist atop the fresh mahogany. Soon, those taps grew louder and louder, and millions around the world began to join in in unison. It was at that moment where the story of pounding the table begins. Drip on a honey, you say less, that's me. Y'all on level one, on level three. Pounding on the table for my team. Every night I flex, I'm making big moves. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 47 of The Table. Britney Spears is finally freed, and I'm not really sure what that means, but it certainly feels good to be back. We realize we have not been so consistent on our timing, so you guys got us in the booth on a Friday night recording, so we can get this to you guys on Saturday. And Tony, you always say like GM, right? I'm going to be dubbing this a new one called GE. <laughs> you get it? NG- NGMI is all I see, obviously. <laughs> if you knowed, you knowed. We have some pretty exciting news. We were selected as one of the top 10 podcasts to be a part of the inaugural Twitter Spaces Spark program, which I'm super pumped about. Feels kind of like we're the freshman 2021 and like the double XL rappers. So this is something Tony had no idea that I signed up for, but pretty sure this is a big Sick. deal. I, I, we're going to learn a lot more next week. So we'll keep the pounders in the loop to see if we're heading to Hollywood or what exactly this means. But until then, we are still the pod of the people. And so to kick things off, as always, let's get into the news of last week brought to you by Stocktwits. Avi, I'm happy to be back in the booth, man. Let's start it off with, you know, my, obviously my favorite company, I guess, of all time is probably Tesla. Elon out here selling supposedly 10% of uh, his holdings here, you know, and I think it was his big brain move really to kind of go against the whole, uh, they want to tax unrealized gains situations. Well, Elon is like, if you want to tax my unrealized gains, I'll sell my equity and, and then I'll bring the stock market down. And I think that's really the, the 40 chess move of it. Also, he, filed a form on September 14th to start selling it, which kicked in on Monday. So he could have canceled the form, had the poll on Twitter gone to no, but he he kind of got people to agree with him that he should sell his shares and you got to sell at the top and everyone's okay with it, right? So I think that people are way more against the man than any man doing anything. So it went from like, tw- I'm looking here now, like, yeah. like 12, 30 to down to the bottom of like 10, 23, yeah. it looks like. I mean, he, he, I think he sold like $5 billion worth of shares, I guess last week, or I think maybe a little more like last I checked, I think that was like Thursday night, but that's like 0.0, like 0.5% of Tesla. So that is a huge decrease for that small amount of sales. Right. So I'm surprised they didn't like just find someone to take a block order, but like who's going to take Elon's net worth and block order. So I could totally see why, you know, maybe it was also to make a point in my opinion, like, I don't think Elon cares about whether it's 320 or 305 billion, I think he wanted to make a point so that the rest of his money doesn't have to get taxed like this every year. But, you know, I just think that's interesting. And of course we got the metaverse as everyone's talking about it right now. Like it's the cool thing that all the kids are doing, but Mm -hmm. Roblox is supposedly one of these poster childs for uh, the metaverse. So it was up huge after earnings ran from 77 to hundred. And honestly, one stock that I've wanted to talk about on this podcast more and more. We've talked about this like at IPO and it's done incredibly well since is Unity. And Unity was just like this metaverse play that wasn't as obvious as Facebook literally calling itself meta being a metaverse play. But obviously Unity has this huge game development network that they could easily integrate into everything that's going on into, into everyone else's metaverse. And, and I think it's already kind of happening. So that's definitely one name to keep on watch just as this metaverse trend continues. You think of skills course, just drops that they're like popping in the metaverse and then we'll get like 10%. No clue. No clue. <laughs> I'm Honestly, out of skills for now, at least. Yeah. I think any company that has the word crypto, blockchain, metaverse, like obviously like those are not worth, it's not just like if they have it, they're good investments. It's just that people will probably be trading those volatility for a little is while. This, do you feel like this is like almost like the dot-com boom again to that capacity, right? Like where you're saying like, hey, our company's called Ethereum. Now it's worth a billion dollars with no company underneath I, it. No, yeah, it, right. But it's like, I think it's just asset reallocation and asset inflation. Like people are not spending their money on crap to buy, really. They're buying assets. Like a lot of people are just buying any type of assets. We have 
a whole generation of investors who are literally trading pictures, tokens, things that are words, but are also coins. It's people are just trading whatever they can get their hands on, like Pokemon cards. Like it doesn't really matter. And so I think it's like here to stay. I think that there's companies that are well positioned for a new market that hasn't really started yet. And I think that's what we're seeing. Like we're not seeing like it's a bubble. I think that people, if you're, if you're, this isn't even started. Like look at the number of wallets, look at the number of people involved. This is like early, early days. It's only a bubble because you're actually listening to us, which means you're in a good sphere of people who know what the hell's going on in this world. So I think that's kind of how that works. Like there are people on Twitter who get it and they talk to each other and they know what's going on. That's why Twitter is so sick. But if you go out into the real world, like not everyone is on Twitter. Not everyone's like getting this information flow constantly. So you're seeing it before everyone else all together sees it. So we're early and it's not, it's, this is by no means like, are there a bunch of scam projects pumping and that are all going to be rugs? Like a ton. Absolutely. Is this like where, like in 20 years, we'll look back and be like, Oh wow. Like, Holy shit. That crypto punk is worth 15 million floor. That that's the situation. Like the quality and the big things that are going to come out of this era, because this is, this is like, in a sense, like the, the 99, like 2000, kind of like everything's coming out, but it's different because these companies already have underlying, like Unity, Roblox, like Facebook. It's not a shell company. They already crush it. It's just another market for them to just triple, quadruple what their you, revenues in. What were you saying about the uh, band, right? There's like four apes that just joined a band now or something like that. Dude, okay. So, I mean, this is the craziest thing ever. Like, first of all, GG, Fentwit. And second, like if you put four <laughs> apes together, Right. It, it, basically, Board Ape is one of the like biggest uh, NFT collections out there. Like they put them together in this band and like some famous guy on Twitter, like Jimmy.eth, he put like four of these apes together with Timbaland and they made a band under UMG. And basically it's just like virtual NFT. Like it's like a platform now, basically. And so people are using these NFTs to create their own brands in the real world because you own the IP of that. So. It's very cool. And I think that you're going to see that too. It's like the same thing as we talk about like gamers, they buy skins and they buy like different equipment and armor and whatever. Like people are doing, like your kids do that on your Bieber's Roblox. Bieber's doing like, concerts. Like I just saw something on right. TV. They were talking about Bieber doing yeah. the show. And I think it's cool because Virtual. like, if you think like Unity, a bunch of games, like people buy stuff in games, metaverse, more things to buy. Roblox, your kids already spend your credit. Like if you're listening to this and you know Roblox and you have it on your phone or ipad because your, your, your credit card <laughs> your kids are buying nfts your kids are already buying it so it's it's like th- this whole thing of like the metaverse is like it's it's definitely going to continue and i think that these stocks are just like perfectly positioned to benefit from people being like oh i need exposure to the metaverse let me buy facebook let me buy roblox let me buy matterport let me buy unity right and like i know mm-hmm. a lot this is why we're talking about this so many people ask us questions about like what companies people are like really thinking are the next metaverse movers and like clearly price action tells you which ones. And, and I think these trends can continue a lot longer than people think. Are the valuations stretched? Sure. Will they be in five years with the integration of the metaverse? Probably not. Is this, is this a genomic situation? You know, genomics was ripping earlier. Everyone got super excited about it. I don't think so. I think metaverse, you know, no, we're here. not as many like, loops you have to jump through, obviously. We're already, we're already here. We're already, I think we're already here. Like, I think that everyone thinks that we're early, but I don't think we're that early anymore. I think mm-hmm. that it's kind of like happening. Like we're, we're seeing the mainstream of it. But so, so like companies like NVIDIA, right? Like NVIDIA makes GPUs. We love NVIDIA. We talk about it all the time. They make all the stuff that people use to mine Bitcoin and Ethereum and such. And so when you think about like the demand and use, and that, that's what really had NVIDIA going to the moon in 2017, then crypto died. And then NVIDIA did too but you're seeing the resurgence of both. And that's why NVIDIA has been going insane as well. So like a lot of these companies are now like connected to this new market, which is like a subsequent 1999 to 2000, which is why we've been focusing on it a lot. And that's why a lot of this episode is, I'll just run through the rest of the tickers too, because I'm just getting lost in the sauce before we yeah, we'll get, get there. We'll get, we're getting there. We're getting there. We get, we're still a yeah, stock okay. podcast for the first 10 minutes or so here today. Yeah. 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 Sorry. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, but like to the point, like SMH was on here. Love the ticker. You said, Avi, that's, it's an obvious indicator. Avi indicator, um, shaking my head. But, right, that we and, didn't and buy sem- this. Like a semiconductor right. is so obvious. SOX as well is another uh, like semiconductor ETF, um, but they've been going crazy. Like Nvidia, AMD, all these, which is all related again to what we've just were discussing. So that's why I, I mean we've been discussing it. Uh, Rivian IPO this week and once once again gets priced at seventy, opens well over it, and we know how the story goes. Um, I. 
I think it's like the second most valued EV company out there right now after Tesla, of course. Do I think it deserves a valuation? No, I, th I think Lucid deserves to be worth more than Rivian. IPOF, like a company, you know, Chamath, he's kind of out of style. People don't really love the man, but this thing's been getting some action. So it's been obviously on stock. So it's trending tickers the here. Discord he, rumors going around with that uh, one, but who knows? You know? dude, yeah. So what is Discord even worth now? Like, I, I think that people, Discord's probably worth upwards of 25 billion now. Like it was four to 10, 15. And then I, I think that with everyone using Discord for anything blockchain and crypto, the, the, like, do they Gaming need, to, I don't even, huge. honestly, I'm starting to think that unless like, they're getting like a hell of a deal. It's not going to happen because Discord could fare off much better by just doing a direct yeah, listing or yeah. so. I, I, you know, we'll see. And TTD exploded. Like that's a company Dom Rinaldi loved as well. And like I was in that thing at like 170 pre-split and uh, wish I wasn't just trading around it all the time. But that thing exploded from 68 to 100 on their earnings. And, you know, it's kind of a theme a little bit of this show as well. There's a lot of companies that did super well last year that people needed to wait for the dust to settle this year. And we've always talked about that, seeing like, how is it going to happen? You know, the reports, the revenues, the estimates, once the reopening of the world <laughs> comes back. And we're seeing that a lot of the companies who crushed it during COVID are continuing to crush it, which was very logical the whole time. Like Etsy's at an all-time high. And there's, of course, some companies that get stuck. Like Etsy got stuck for a while. Fiverr got stuck. But I think, you know, we can just jump to here, Avi. Fiverr is ripping again. And why? It's because people assume the same thing that they did for Etsy like last quarter or two quarters ago. And we discussed that on the pod as well. Then they started doing acquisitions. So people were thinking that these companies were dead, except that they did really, really well, gained a bunch of users, increased their net, net revenue per user, increased all these metrics. And now they're just figuring out the next steps. And so Etsy did that through acquisitions and then they've continued to pile in this cash flow. And now people are using Etsy and it's at all time highs. And then you see the same thing happening now with Fiverr. But the stocks get stuck for a while while people are in limbo, because let's say you're like a couple billion dollar fund, you're not taking a massive position on something that you're just like probably guessing on. Like people usually add based on results in terms of like when you're when you're that big money, like not the Elon big money, because then you just buy because it's Doge. But I'm talking like the institutional big money. And so you see like companies like DocN, that's why DocN exploded as well on their earnings, because they continue to do great. And so funds added it. And so it went up because everything is just a market Ponzi. It's just how much money you put into something. And so people are now deciding to put money back into some of these companies. Like you saw Etsy is now at an all-time high and now Fiverr as well, because they had good revenue and they had good EPS. And I think that you're seeing that it's not just going to be this company that just continues to not be profitable. They're, they're going in the right place. They have Fiverr business that's doing well. And of course, with everything that's happening online right now, the amount of mm. people that are getting jobs on Fiverr and Upwork is just, the gig economy is perfectly in tandem with the metaverse and everything we're talking about yeah well and they made those acquisitions right of stoke talent creative live and i actually just got an email today from fiverr asking if you know if you want to get on their insurance right so they're really becoming you can see what they're doing this is going to become a much bigger company than it actually is right now i know the name fiverr like i, I was on this before you know i was talking to you about this one i was like dude i used to use this when i was like in college everything was five bucks it's at the dollar store everything used to be a dollar but no longer but yeah five obviously had incredible earnings though went from 160 to 190 q3 21 revenue grew 42 percent year on year driven by 33 year on year growth of active buyers 20 year on year of spend per buyer so they're actually going up and upselling and cross-selling. And of course, we got to talk about SE. SE had insane pre-earnings excitement here. They had their singles day where they sold actually 2 billion items versus last year where they sold 200 million. So that's pretty wild. Shopee sold 11 million items in the first five minutes. And the one thing that kind of was under the radar that I was excited about is they had 50 times the premium brand surge. So this, I think, is interesting because the only bad thing I've really ever heard about SE is that they kind of sell these like tchotchke items. They're like, you know, cheap little things that people will buy, but this is showing that they are moving into that premium space. And so I, I tweeted out earlier today, I was like, maybe they're going to definitely get into brand partnerships. I don't think that's super uh, crazy of me to call out, but I think the fact that they may even get some acquisitions coming too. So this is a, a really exciting one. I don't know if they get too excited up front before their earnings, or you think this is a preview of, of what the earnings are going to look like next week? I mean, what else can I say about Put SC? you on the spot, man. Come on. <laughs> what, what, like, yeah. What else do you want me to say about SC? Biggest head of the table pound, steadiest grinder, least decliner out of like any of the growth names. 
I feel the same way as I felt day one. And it, in fact, more like SE is just going to continue to dominate. They, they literally just, I, I'm pretty sure they just invested uh, in FTX. Like dude, they, they know what they're doing. I would invest in FTX if I were them. I, they're fine. They're going to be fine. <laughs> they're fine. Forest I don't like, running. Run for us. Run. I, I have no, no concerns. It's pretty much an ET. Like I saw from growth uh, to value posted this tweet. It's like SE is pretty much an ETF. It literally pretty much is an ETF <laughs> just because everything it has true? in it. So, so right, last last one here. Uh, of course, we gotta we gotta call you out here on coin. And you said, "Don't call me out on coin. I don't care about what happened with their earnings report." So I don't even know, care for someone sitting down at their computer thinking like coin went down. A lot of my friends like. I'll tell them about a few companies that are interesting and it goes down one day and they're like, what the heck, dude, it went down one day. I'm like, just, you gotta chill. You gotta chill. So is, is that the scenario here with, uh, with coin for you? Bro, like I don't care about the revenue or the earnings at all. Like, it's a very simple thesis, right? How many legit, like trusted and backed crypto companies are on the stock market? And do you, do you know any other ones besides coin? Voyager kind of like what it, like kind of Canadian who knows like okay exactly like if you can't immediately think of another thing to buy for crypto exposure on the market that's that's that that's it coins also really interesting too because it's not just like dependent necessarily on the price of bitcoin ethereum of course they own a lot of that but obviously the big amount of the money is coming from transactions so even on the down swings right they're going to be making money off transactions of people selling so and they're going to yeah. be getting if you go into their partnerships too i was digging through their it just, the other day, dude, they're going to real one. estate projects yeah this we, we people, will have a whole <laughs> podcast about coins they, yeah, we, need to do, we need to do a full one like dude it's it's like people are like oh like yeah like they, they didn't hit what we were thinking like i just simply don't care you're thinking too much like does the number go from the like bottom left corner to the top right? Okay, it is. That's where crypto is going. Where do you think coin is going? Coin is perfectly able to capitalize on absolutely every single thing in crypto, every possible blockchain web three thing, coin, NFT marketplace. They're literally, OpenSea just had so much shit against it because they locked someone's board apes that someone accepted like, a, there, there was some, some stuff that happened. Basically someone accepted an offer that was way below the price of it because it was a super rare one or whatever. And then they locked and froze the assets, right? And the whole point of it's supposed to be centralized or decentralized, but this was a very centralized thing to do. And so and I think Coin has an opportunity to capitalize on OpenSea's mistakes and seeing that, like knowing that OpenSea is already making just a gargantuan amount of money. You can already check how much they're making on dune.xyz. I don't know what it is, but they, they're making a, a, an absolute ton, like in, in the hundreds of millions and like will be billions in rev this year. And so yeah. looking at what Coin will do, and you know, coin has like the number of people on coin are so many X the number of people on OpenSea. Like if you think that the transaction revenue from just buying and selling crypto is like what they're going to do forever, then you're thinking that web three and crypto does not expand. And so if you think that, then yeah, don't invest in coin. Like you would probably hate coin. But like if you think that crypto and blockchain and everything will just continue and coin is the biggest and trusted every institutional player like tesla when they want to buy and sell bitcoin they use coinbase like mm -hmm. it's, it's very much a gg there's a psychology there though right like if, i always call it like the bar test if you go to anyone in a bar i bet you like 80 percent of people would know coinbase whereas right maybe 10 percent would know OpenSea, right so it's Right. It's one of those things and being a u.s based company too there's this inherent trust if god forbid shit hits the fan like i can sue it's, someone it's also you know, publicly there's something listed there. it's right, also exactly. publicly listed and owned by so many big reputable people who have like vested interests in the game like i think that you, you, you could buy stuff like riot or mara or like mstr or yeah like all those fine you could buy the the grayscale trusts like that's fine but i'm saying like when you think in your head, what's like, if I want to invest without looking and without being like checking every day, whether like my MSTR is up or down 600%, like that's uh, micro strategy stock. Th like, this is the first thing people will think about. So mm -hmm. like knowing that like, you're one of the only things on the market. And that was the same thesis with Tesla. Like for me, like really back in the day, it's like, th they're the first, they're have the best technology. They're crushing it. No one else is really like available on the market. Cause like back then there wasn't a Lucid or a Rivian or whatever. There was Tesla. Okay, now there's just Coinbase. Could you say like Coinbase is almost like an ETF for crypto in a sense? Because like exactly. you're yes, exactly. Yes, I think of it exactly as that. Avi, it was in my it's head. Like you you read my mind. In crypto, dude. I'm. We're becoming one here, Tony. Yeah, I love it. <laughs>
Um, all right, Tony. Well, guess what? You got your wish through divine intervention. I'm actually going to become crypto of soon. I will uh, announce my full-time job, but I'm actually going to be moving into the blockchain world. I've spent the last almost 10 years in MarTech and I guess through this podcast, I've started just to gain and listening to you talk about it. It got me so excited that I'm actually going to be jumping in. I'll be starting here in a few weeks. I'll, I'll be hopefully up to par, or hopefully be better than you at this stuff at, at some point here. But yeah, you've been talking about these ENS domain names and I, I'm a huge domain guy. I think I literally own probably 75. I've been buying these since like college. I'd you know, get drunk and I'd be buying digital real estate. You know, I think my best <laughs> one I own is quitvapingtoday.com. I think that's going to be a big one over time. Everyone's addicted to these vape pens. And so I'll probably become a millionaire from that. But if you are interested, hit me up on the low. But we touched <laughs> on uh, Web3, a little self-promotion I had to do. Uh, Tony, we touched on Web3 though a bit, right? We interviewed uh, Opera last week. But for those of you who are new, like let's just quickly touch on Web3. What is it? What are these ENS names that you keep talking about? How are they different from something I could buy on GoDaddy, for instance? Right. Okay. And that's, I think that you just kind of answer the question by like your last sentence, like something I could buy on GoDaddy, right? Like you can go to a website that is a centralized website and buy a domain that is on the centralized web that is all powered by Cloudflare or Fastly. Like everything is like very much so centralized. Whereas here, like instead of having to buy a domain from somebody like, yes, we own it. Instead of it being just like one company behind closed doors, like pushing out things, it's, an, it's, it's all open source. So that's a very important part of it because you can see really what's going on, right? Like it's trustless in that the network itself allows participants to interact publicly or privately without a trusted third party. And that is the biggest thing. And it's permissionless because both users and suppliers, anyone, can participate without authorization from a governing body. So it's pretty much just freedom and that's sick and who doesn't want freedom? So that's my whole thesis. Like, wh why does it matter? That, okay. And then we can move on now to what ENS is. Basically they are just like your dot-coms that you buy from GoDaddy. So Avi, had you been buying those 75 domains on like ENS services, like you would, you would have probably gotten airdropped like over a couple hundred K of stuff. And why it's not like fake value it's because the ENS, so Ethereum name services is an open source, which is Web3 sick, blockchain-based naming protocol. And it's, its job is to map human readable names like avi.eth or, you know, or like tony.eth, which is taken, unfortunately, to these Ethereum addresses or other cryptocurrency addresses like metadata. So basically, it is your online identity. And that's why it's so sick because it's the, and it's been around since like, I think before punks, it's been around for such a long time. And so like, I was only buying these like earlier this year, like I was early enough to get a bunch of tokens airdropped, but not early enough to get a ton and ton of tokens. I wish a lot of, I, I so how do they, how do like they so much. airdrop though? Or like, why, why are they airdropping? So right. if, if so, I like you, Tony, would I just pay you ETH for what though? Is there like a product behind it or like? I guess I'm still, I don't understand this at all. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, right. So does .com matter to you? Is there like a value to like, if you could, if you could hear, here's my, here's my analogy. Instead of just like renting it and like getting it from something and like on the centralized thing, you physically, like you own that. Like people will pay you money because it's not just like a rental thing. Like you, you own that. And that is the identity through which all your Web3 stuff will be done. So like people are paying so much money for like clean names, like, I bet you, I saw like someone like J Jason.eth was like someone sold for like 10 ETH yesterday. So it's just like, and then you know, it's just kind of crazy to think about that. But why is it because like that is your online identity and that's what everyone uses. So because we all use .com, .coms are important. Like Google.com is probably worth a lot, right? Okay, Google.eth is going to be worth a lot too. And I wish I snagged that, but someone else did years ago. And so like there's stuff like that. It's just everything that's going on in Web2 is now going on. So instead of GoDaddy owning like getting paid for all the stuff you get, like we as a community, like everyone who bought the .eths, they're the ones who own ENS. Like I get a governance token. So I literally get a vote in the company and how it works. Like it, albeit like not like big, but there okay. are people who like as a community that, and that's why it's cool because instead of it being like GoDaddy gets to decide everything that happens, ENS holders have like a responsibility to uphold the network. And so that's how any company is formed users and people active and so there's no actual physical like backed value to it besides like what you paid for the domain 
and like the gas you spent maybe if you want to consider that but the point is that because you're able to have that piece of property right like and because people are assessing value to it the tokens have value and the only reason the company sent the tokens out is they were launching their platform token which is basically like because i was an early adopter and because many people were the company gave shares to people in tokens it's just like if you were using iPhones before Apple stock existed and then Apple wanted to be nice and give you Apple shares, except stocks don't do that because finance, traditional finance is bullshit. And so this is the sick new way that companies will be created, right? It'll be early adopters. Like I think people who use MetaMask for OpenSea and other things will get MetaMask tokens. And so people will get incentivized and paid to use things. And that's hmm. like a very much so part of this new economy. And I think that that's why obviously people are thinking ENS is like a really big investment and like a, a great company because it, it's got that stickiness to it. Bobby, like, let's say you and I want to send crypto to each other. Instead of you sending me crypto in like a super long wallet address with a bunch of letters and zeros and stuff. So, uh, you can, I can just give you avi.mash or avimash.eth. Yeah, I could just send you, I could just send you crypto to like avi.eth. And that first of that's huge because you use this, like you pretty much use the same wallet. You can just go to different networks for anything that people do in crypto. And so that is, first of all, like a wallet that people can just send you anywhere. Like, you know, if I wanted to send you money, let's say like on Venmo or on your bank, God forbid, like how difficult it is. It's to, like, like Bitly. Send... <laughs> right. you know, it's like, it yeah, makes you the just... name much easier to actually send it to. That, that's so it's right. like Venmo is screwed here. Unless they exactly. get involved with it. This is just like, it's just like how to send money to anybody like without it's just the universal system and that's the value right and it's not just for that like you can you build literally decentralized websites with that domain right and so it's not just your wallet address it's your identity and it's a possible like it's a domain website that you can use and you can actually tie like your ens name to the dns names you already have so this is definitely the future and i think it's sick and i just wanted to talk about it on the pod well, I think, it, I mean, it clearly is, right? So you were pounding the table or pounding my DMs. You're like, Avi, 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 we got to go buy these NYC coin. And I was like, what is this now? Like there's <laughs> cartoons, there's nodes, there's, you know, ENSs, now city coins. Like what, what are these city coins? Am I going to be able to get on the subway for free? Did the city benefit or do we benefit or everyone or Wagme? We all going to make it? Yeah, it, it is a Wagme situation. Like I think that a lot of the traditional, like, you know, by states and cities, the way that their finances and, and and taxation and everything works is obviously like out of whack, especially because of COVID. But now we're seeing that people are adopting this early and they're not just adopting it like you and I are doing it or it's like entire cities and soon entire countries will be fully adopting this, I think, in some capacity. Because like, for example, city of Miami, I think that they're like the perfect example to talk about it. They're probably the furthest in terms of like revolutionizing this so far they're going to be giving out a Bitcoin yield. And that comes from staking its cryptocurrency. So Miami holds crypto and they're staking their Bitcoin. And then the rewards go out to the people who have Miami coin. So pretty much as like a lot of these NFTs, they like buy a bunch of stuff and they pay out users. Miami coin is like an NFT for Miami. It's just like you're owning the token of like rewards made off of Miami's Bitcoin. Which This is nuts that we're like talking digital about. digital oil. Like, you know, how does anyone ever, how can anyone disagree? Like I'm getting some, too many people on Twitter are disagreeing all that. Like it's madness. Like it's right in front of your face. And they disagree because okay, so. they don't get it. And I also disagree somewhat because I, now I'm starting to get it a little more. And, and obviously like Eric oh, Adams. It's a city. Just, it's a city. Yeah. I mean, New, New York, York, man, I got to pay attention. I'm about it's to get city. into this. Yeah. It's my city. Eric Adams is about to be our, our new mayor come January. He, he's very pro- crypto which is exciting right and so that's amazing this will be i know new york has some crazy laws you know i don't know exactly what they are but i know that they you know i couldn't buy uh shibu inu for instance yeah. <laughs> i really really wanted to buy some shibu inu because my doorman kept saying about it and i was like dude i can't even buy this stuff and he's like well i live in jersey man you don't live, you live <laughs> in new york and so it was a shitty situation city situation um but it, it is really exciting right and if anyone knows Eric Adams, we would love to get him on the pod or Suarez. If, if, if you know him down in Miami, I think it'd be a really interesting conversation. So yeah, how, how I mean, it's crazy. you do. <laughs> it, it's pretty crazy, Avi, because Miami has already earned 21 million in the past three months staking their crypto. And so wow. if, and Suarez said that, and this is, this is the most mind blowing part. And like you were saying this before the pod and like, I, like, I don't want to get too like meta right now, <laughs> but like we're going to. 
like this is where the year of 2030 like where like there's like utopian ubiquity like hopefully comes into play like if if we can go down two different paths right now and as a society and as a species and like hopefully it's this one where Suarez was saying that if you were to analyze that net revenue it would equal roughly one-fifth of Miami's total tax revenue of 400 million so the city is going to be making the payments through a digital wallet and it'll work with a variety of different crypto exchanges to allow its residents to acquire a wallet, register, and get verified, which is pretty sick. So this is like mass adoption, whether you want it or not. And seeing cities realize the power of this and realize that they can put their citizens in a better situation by being citizens of that city is pretty sweet. And I think that like we need this like as a society. I think it's definitely what needs to happen because even in the long run, and I don't know how much this is true or not, Swerves is saying that this could potentially eliminate the need for Miami residents to pay taxes. And so now obviously we're getting into the situation of like money is just funny money, which it is. And cause like my Turkey costs $60 and it cost 30 last year. So if money is all fake, why do we have to pay taxes? And why did like, this is like, this is how we're, this is to the book 2030. You're talking this is about 60 obviously. guys. This is 60. We're moving it's, up a few it's, levels it's now. It's nuts. It and is and New York's crazy. doing this too, right? Like in New York starting to do this, you can go and mine New York City coin and it's going to be doing the same thing. And so I wonder how, how long it is until like San Francisco. And I wonder, maybe not because like they don't like energy use, but the rest of the country does this. Well, maybe my joke's real. Maybe I can just go pay my sub. I actually haven't been on the subway in years, but if I were to go on the subway, you could probably just throw a little nyc coin in there and be good to go but i mean it's a good 100%. point right the, the the dollar is dying you saw inflation i think it was like 6.2 percent or something uh i almost ordered a 35 sandwich uh today in new york i decided against it because i thought that was just absurd but like what what's next i mean DeFi is pretty insane like decentralized reserve currencies again everyone's like really freaking out about this inflation i think you're lying that milk cost nine dollars or whatever you were saying but it's too it, much it, dude it's nuts but like the funny thing is like everyone's like inflation inflation like we're freaking out ironically though you were saying that this is good for stocks if there's inflation right so why is yeah. that i mean okay it's good for certain stocks you've seen clearly it's like a, a, a certain amount of stocks have been doing really well and a certain amount of stocks have not been doing as well and I just think it's because a lot of people are not spending their money on a bunch of goods and crap. People are really spending a lot of their money on assets. So like you're seeing a lot of this like asset inflation, which is a, a good thing, but also be a bad thing. And I think that just the entire point of it is though, that 6.1% inflation means that your entire net worth is shit. Like, like it just goes down like that. That's logically yeah. how whatever dollars you, and that sucks, right? Like you work, we work hard for our dollars. We work, all of us work really, really hard. And then it's just like diddled by the government. And so thinking about how do we fix this, right? Because like we're moved, we're all, you know, society, we're getting pretty good at this, like solving problems on our own without the need for a bunch of like red tape and BS. Basically, here comes decentralized finance. And specifically, like you were saying, these decentralized reserve currencies. So Avi, I want to just kind of explain to you why I think this I, like this is not an invest, go off, like, not, like go off. <laughs> pounding the table on like I, i'm pounding the table on this as like a concept okay do you, do your own research as always but i'm pounding because this is like not we're going down the weeds right now but it's going to be something you'll hear about for years i'm sure so it's called olympus dow and i'm only saying this specific name because it is like the first iteration of this idea and it's the way that essentially will solve this problem of consistently inflated currencies so the way it is now, stable coins are cryptocurrencies that are pegged or directly tied to a stable currency. So like you've got like USDC, which is the crypto for connecting to US dollar, or you have DAI, which is a connector. Even though that they're crypto, they're still hit by inflation, right? Because if they're pegged one-to-one to the US dollar, the US dollar goes like down 6.12% in value towards like real world spending, purchasing power, like that will go down as well. And so the whole point of Olympus is to try to achieve stability while maintaining this purchasing power, right? So like not letting inflation eat your goods and not letting the rats eat your money by using a floating market driven price. And so it's like, well, hey, what is the value of something? Instead of having the government print and decide what it is, why don't we all decide it together? Wait, maybe that'll actually work because like if everyone all knows together exactly how much money is out there, exactly what's going on. We can accurately value it. Oh, wait, it isn't actually an algorithm that solves all the issues that are just getting diddled by like 
Powell just hitting the burr button, this would be pretty cool. And so OHM token is managed using these, and Olympus DAO is the OHM token, is managed using these reserve assets in the same way that central banks do with the dollar reserves, right? Except OHM uses crypto reserve assets. So this is pretty much just like the Web3 DeFi version of central banks. And here's why the dollar deserves to be dead, honestly. Instead of in central banking where decisions are made by just a few representatives, OHM is a DAO. So any changes to the protocol are voted on by the community holders through the DAO. So like you were saying, what's the value of ENS? Well, I literally have equity, like ownership and voting power of ENS. Same with Olympus DAO. But instead of me getting money from Powell, like I am mini Powell, I'm just like 1.001% Tony Powell. And so that's really cool because you can own your own liquidity of a DAO that owns its own liquidity versus having somebody just give you an arbitrary fixed set of value, which is the dollar. And so that's like mind blowing to think about. And I honestly think like this is kind of what Bitcoin should have been. Obviously, they're very different now these days and like things have happened. So they are where they are. But this is an ingenious way to think about like dollar value. The biggest challenge is to democratize a lot of this to Joe right. Schmo on the street. Like they are not going to like, I know there is a no, subset of people that, right that know now. how to do this today, but yeah. are those people just going to kind of die off and Fiat's going to die off with them? And then the new breed I, of I people are coming yeah, up. I don't know where it's going, but it definitely seems like that's not off the oh. table. I'd rather be prepared than be late. And so that's why I'm like making sure that we talk about things that are important, whether people want to hear it or not, but I'll explain this in like, like, you know how like Nat always says, explain it to me like I'm five. This is like for me to understand this. When this I guy's buying the Constitution here. right now, by the way. Gosh, I do. You guys are gonna get rough. I'm in, dude. I'm like John Adams. I don't actually know if he was on it, but back to back to Olympus, and, and I'll explain to you like how this works. Like, if you think about a bank and the bank holds dollars, right? Like, banks are supposed to hold like 10% reserve or whatever. They loan out the entire rest of it, right? And they're making money off that money. Okay. Instead of the banks making money off that money, we are making money off that money. We are the bonds as a service. We are the liquidity providers. And it's all backed by an algorithm. So basically, Olympus has a growing treasury. And that is like the backing reserve assets that like the central bank uses the dollar for. And that is that treasury that Olympus DAO has backs all of the outstanding tokens of OHM. And that treasury, that DAO of OHM is backed by actual things that are already somewhat pegged to the dollar, but also crypto. So it's backed by DAI and it's backed by Ethereum and it's backed by SushiSwap token, which is like a big exchange for crypto. And it's also backed by other things that are supposed to be like some type of derivations of a stable coin, like Fract and LSUD. And it's growing. So they're continuing to add a mixed basket of things in their treasury that are actually things that are assessed in real value, right? So like we can say whatever we want about Ethereum. It's worth what it's worth at the price it's worth, period. And so it's backing the assets of that DAO with those currencies, so those cryptocurrencies. And then because of that, that treasury is doing all the things that the central bank and the reserves do. And what's very cool is that the entire point of the protocol is to go and do the opposite of what the dollar is doing. So the whole goal is to stabilize the value of it. So when OHM hmm. trades above the value of its backed assets, it mints more and it sells new. So it increases the money supply or the OHM supply, right? Like let's connect the two because they're the same. And then when it trades below the assets backed value of like what's in that treasury, because that treasury has an actual value, like if everything went to shit, it went to zero, it would still be worth what's in that treasury. And the same as a bank. Like if everything in the bank blew up, it'd be worth 10% of whatever the reserves it has, right? So that's kind of this, the same exact thing, except they don't have a way to burn and supply at the same time. Like the federal government does not, like we don't do it in the most effective ways. And it's definitely not by an algorithm. It's by however many clicks Powell wants to do. How many DAOs can there, you know, is everyone a winner? Are we wag me here? Is like, or, or each well, of these DAOs are going to become the new banks essentially? Because there's one federal government. Can there be 500,000 DAOs or can there be, you know, is there going to be five winners? What's this? I think, like? yeah. I, so this, this is like a question I've had a lot because if you're thinking about it as like, okay, we're moving banking online and we're moving it instead of having to go to the main branch of a centralized organization, we're providing liquidity from each other. Right. So the ecosystem is being so interconnected that it's essentially the same people doing the same things, which is great. But there are a lot of people who know that this is like a new thing that just started. So the reason I'm only talking about Olympus, even though like if you know, do you know, I love Wonderland money 
with Daniel Sesta and I would love to bring him on the podcast. If anyone knows him, please bring him on the podcast. Like shout him out for us. Like I'd love to speak to that guy because I think he'd the next SBF and he's the next Elon. So love to talk to him. But Olympus Dow is the first. And so this is the one that created the entire idea of what we're talking about right now. And so that has the most money in it, that has the most backing. It was actually mentioned and like note, like it gave uh, notes to by Goldman and Morgan Stanley. So when you think about the fact that it's not just some Ponzi BS, like there is institutional interest in this asset. It's important to think about it when it's only a $3 billion market cap or 4 billion versus when it's a 400. Because some people on Twitter like to think that you can't get priced out of things, but things get priced out, especially like the concepts of stuff. Like you want to make sure you understand the concepts because there's going to be opportunities. A ton of these are BS. There's so many new rug DAOs, like really just rugging you, taking your money. But there are things that are like this who are setting the precedent for what stable coins will be in the future, because clearly 6.2% inflation is not going to make it. So with that algorithm, basically, it just keeps the supply proper. If it goes up, it gives supply. If it goes down, it burns. And it's all backed by real assets. And what's cool, too, is that within it, they can expand the protocol. So they've done that recently with Olympus Pro. And Olympus Pro is this new industry standard platform to help protocols acquire their own liquidity. So protocols no longer need to pay out high incentives to rent liquidity while also guaranteeing the performance of liquidity to do transactions. So big problem in the crypto world is liquidity because everyone is borrowing from each other here and there. It's very important to own your own liquidity. Olympus is basically bonds as a service. They are the platform through which other people can get liquidity. And so if you're thinking about the crypto space growing in general, that's pretty cool. What's also important to note is that a ton of people basically copied this and now there's a bunch of them on different ecosystems. Like to your question of how many there will be, I think there mm-hmm. will be many. I think it'll be like regional banks. But I think that we'll always know that like, if you're first, you're, you're crushing it. And I think that if you're the smartest, which I think Danielle Sesta is for time, Wonderland, then you know, you'll also win. It's like the Tesla Lucid situation. Perfect transition because it's time for questions from the audience. We're going to continue this uh, pounding the table unchained almost. It feels like you got your boy lion at underscore young underscore adulting. He is asking, can you talk a little bit about the risk management for things such as time staking, how we should be thinking about time horizon for these types of things and knowing when you get out before you answer that though, what, what you, you started talking about time. What is this time? And, yeah. and, and for those of you who so, are wondering what Tony's like profile is on Twitter, it has uh, yeah. something to do with this nine dash nine. I have no idea yeah, what you're talking about. It's though, to be a honest. nine and a top hat. So, um, <laughs> so what, what I was describing with Olympus Dow is just an idea, right? And they're the first ones to really make that mainstream and like get notoriety from these institutional people. But Wonderland time, and it's like ticker symbol T-I-M-E, right? Time is a fork of OHM on the Avalanche network. So AVAX. So it's like another one of the coins, like one of the biggest coins is AVAX is like top 20. I think it's like ranked 17th or 16th. Um, very low fees on that thing. Super fast processing. People love it to do transactions. So it's perfect for DeFi. And basically this guy, Danielle Sesta, completely just like upended the entire DeFi space. So Wonderland time, like this is obviously very early. I think it's just very, it's super interesting to pay attention to it right now. Like, do I stake Wonderland time, which is the nine and the top hat on my thing? Yeah, I do. But it's because I fully believe in Danielle Sesta because he's built an entire ecosystem. So like you were saying, I think a lot of these will not survive, but he's built an incredible ecosystem on AVAX, which is super low fees. And it's like really good and quick transactions. Perfect for DeFi. And he's built an entire ecosystem to create it and do swapping and everything. So it's very cool. And I think that that'll be around for a while. But in terms of like the risk management, we are so early in this that I do not know, right? Like I like the or I like the math and I do like the person behind Wonderland time. But do I really know if it's going to be higher? Like this is like a very new thing that's happening in the world. Even Olympus Dow is only around like in the last year. And that's like the first one of these things. So I think it's obviously like risk, which you can afford. And, and that's pretty much the same thing with almost most of the things that are happening in crypto. This is by no means like tried and tested waters at all, but like the math looks nice. And so that's my whole perspective on it. It's like, if these things work out, they're going to be really great. If they don't make sure you're not like holding a bag of too much money. Yeah, of course. Sprinkle a little bit on top. All right. We got this next question. Let's go back to stocks. We'll play a little tennis here. We'll go from crypto to stocks. So Scott at greet is good. 70. 
talk a little weed stocks here. MSOS, which is an ETF for US pot stocks. We talked about that a while ago. Those are popping. GTBIF jumped 16% after earnings. There's a lot of legislation movements on both sides of the aisle, right? This is something unique. It's been progressives for, for years and years, but now there's some Republicans even back in this. So everyone wants to get high, but this revenue growth from 2020 to 2023 is 40 to 60%. We mentioned that pot bill. So is this a sector that you have an opinion on, Tony? I know we, again, we were pounding the table on MSOS. So I'm assuming the answer is yes, but yeah, expand beyond the word yes here for us. I mean, I think it's a very like binary thing. We've been waiting for years for legalization. It like cuts out an incredible amount of ropes that are making this so much less profitable for a lot of people. Like you can like, like we were talking to a company that was like private in the weed game and they, they you can only send things in certain ways and ship and package in certain like this and that. And you can only take cat like cash. It's like and DA like credits for certain companies too, right. which is going to be a it, big it's, thing. Uh, Exactly. It's like, there's so many hoops to jump through, right? And like humans are naturally lazy. So if there's anything difficult in the way, they shy away. So I think that the sector will blossom when it becomes like easy, right? Like my personal view is like, whatever, like let people do what they want. And I think that if you do that, you'll see a good like uptick in, in revenue for all these companies because they're allowed to like actually do business like any other company. They don't have to jump through all these hoops. Right. So the easier it is to operate, the more money you can make because the more you can specialize. I would jump in too and say, like, if there is a sector that you don't want to guess, this is it. Right. MSOS is probably a good one. Other ETFs too, take a look at. But there are so many cannabis companies, you know, yeah. in the US and Canada. This is a thousand percent going to be a consolidation area. And so, like, if you don't want to spend your time digging and picking through each of those, like, let, let some fun do it for you. Right. And, and they'll be on top of this. They'll be walking, walking through it. So like that sector, this is like the IHI for me, robotic surgeries, right, right. med tech, like this is a sector that's going to win. Same with like CrowdStrike. I was like, obviously that industry is going to boom. Weed is going to boom. So ETF for me is, is something that seems logical in this situation, right? Right. There's going to be yeah, so much have- consolidation here. They have they have great holdings too. Like they own a lot of very good like profit revenue generating companies, and I, I think all US the ones, ones that they, too. That's a key, right? You like, yeah, why exactly. Would you not give it to the U.S. companies. Gregory Scott, OG Pounder here at Zen underscore Options, coming in with the top question of the night. Eleven likes. This is how we're doing it from now on. We're going to continue to take like three questions each week, and we'll do it based off of likes because I feel like that's the most logical. Most people want to know about those. Uh, he is asking, can you run through your favorite crypto slash blockchain stocks slash companies other than coin? And which ones do you think the best position to capitalize? So we talked about SI at 33. Now it's like 210 or something crazy. <laughs> so that one's insane. Yeah. You mentioned Monster. Mara, Riot, et cetera. So like, do you have any favorites, Tony, for what you like? Yeah. I mean, I, I think SI is like, it, it just reminds me like the net in a weird way of crypto just kind of like everywhere it's like in every like nook and cranny that's like boom si is there facebook so, partnership too right like it, it it is the winner like it's it and we said this from the beginning it is the blfs picks and shovels like steady like wasn't a steady grinder it was a freaking explosion but <laughs> like i think it'll continue to win it's just hard to get an entry on it because it's so vertical right now like i think during a good pullback in crypto that'll be something i'll be eyeing I don't really like Mara or Riot, and I I just think that it, it's so much easier for me to just buy coin, um, just or SI. Like I don't think that there's that many crypto companies out right now. Like like if FTX went public, I would buy FTX. But you could buy FTT token, even though that thing just simply does not move. So I don't own it anymore. But I don't think that there's too many out there that I really like. I like Marketa still. Like I think that Marketa's got a long way to go, just because like it had earnings which were great, but then people sold in front of the lockup, and then People rallied after the lockup and then they sold it the day of the lockup. And then they had the Andrew and like Andrew left like Citron piece. Like there's so many different things that were up and down happening to it that I think like as it settles out, you'll see them in the infrastructure for this too, right? Because we have to connect the metaverse to the real world. And I know this is why we're doing stocks still. And if you combine Marketa's power with Coinbase cards, this will be throughout the system. Like you'll have random cards for random reasons. I don't even know what there will be yet. But 
Marketo will power it. So like, I think that that's another cool thing to consider because, you know, I use FTX card and it just swaps out. If, if I want to go buy something, I just have it set to like swap out my Ethereum for whatever I'm buying, which is like, it sucks sometimes, but it's nice when Ethereum is ripping to go buy groceries. Um, but yeah, can I, you I talk about that, that story real quick? Actually, uh, <laughs> you were telling yeah. me that your 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 mentor and your running coach early on would like see Bitcoin run up, and then he would run to the grocery store, buy groceries, and take advantage of that yield real quick. <laughs> That's yeah, he's amazing. been buying Bitcoin for years, and like as it started going, you know, to ten plus thousand, he's just started buying groceries for it, like on a rip, because like. You're going to spend. Where do you buy groceries with Bitcoin? Like, how do, wait, is that any, how you get it? Exa- no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, my FTX card, I buy anything I want with Bitcoin or crypto or whatever. Uh, like, I will it. literally, I can Venmo you in cash with crypto. It's nuts. And so, with Marketo going to be doing that in Coinbase and everything, like, I think that that's another thing that we'll continue to watch. Like, I just think it's just obviously early days, like, right near IPO. They're worried about it, Square being too big of a customer. But I would reckon that once Coinbase really like starts pushing that card out, we'll see a big shift in like that one user or one revenue generator for them. As we wrap things up, this is kind of the, as we said, the almost pounding the table unchained, if you will, which I think is something we have to start to get into, right? We can no longer ignore this. We've been a stock podcast for uh, over a year now, right? And we're going to start transitioning into a stock podcast. We'll stay stock podcast. But we're also going to start to introduce more of this crypto, which is, I think, is something that we cannot ignore any longer. So leave us, as always, Tony, with the Tony Talk section. Give the people what they want. Come on. Avi, I've been face deep for three months trying to talk about this on the pod, but let's get it, man. I'm happy. I'm happy that we can start discussing this because I think that this is a situation where the world's changing so much that it's so cool to see it it's very cool to understand it and i think that you'll find opportunities for yourself which are not just like buying crypto and making money like you will find a way to maybe start a business or maybe like a cool field that you didn't know that you could explore and do but now there's a way for you to make money and have a career and a passion that way and i think it's just very exciting like i think that too many people think that it's all about the money it's really not like i spend a lot of time i spend too much time inside like sometimes like Avi always tells me like I need to go outside and stop working so much. But yeah, like I think that it's one of those exciting childish times where it makes you feel giddy. And like, I'm just like inside all the time because I'm so excited about seeing what's going to happen next. Cause I really regretted not living through the internet. I mean, I didn't regret not living through, but like I wasn't really around for the first internet yet. boom. I was like barely <laughs> Tony's 12 years old guys. For, for yeah. Wondering yeah. what's going on. <laughs> but I think it's one of the coolest times of our lives. Like I think in the next couple of years, like a lot of crazy things will happen. I would say just make sure, you know, you always keep cash because the market's definitely running. We're seeing inflation and in assets, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity and other things because of that. So with that being said, Pounders, look at where the ball is going and uh, we'll make sure to show you. Y'all on level one, on level three. Pounding on the table for my team. Every night I flex, I'm making big moves, that's a big move, big money, big moves, that's a big move, I'm making big moves, that's a big move, big money, big moves, that's a big move, yeah. Make a play, don't talk about it, Master P, I'm about it, about it, this one here for all that try to count.